It's the Tillcast, episode 515, Thrust Position. And this week, guys, we talked No Man's Sky VR, Compound VR, Everslot VR, Pistol Whip, and Walking Dead Saints and Sinners VR. Stay tuned. I don't even know what I'm doing. Hey, we're uh, actually in the studio again. It's Tillcast. Woohoo! It is uh, 7.35 p.m. on July 30th, 84 degrees. It's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. And sweaty. Yeah. And with the two of us, you'll get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games, some news. Um, it does feel nice to be in the studio, not over Discord, no offense. Um... Love the freedom Discord gives us for me for family shit and for us to continue with Rusty once his studio is set up, but let's face it, the audio delay wreaks havoc on us sometimes. Sometimes I don't know what Jason's about to say and I overtalk him or he overtalks me and uh, we're getting better at it, but that's just what happens. There's a delay. We both have high-speed internet. There's just a delay. Yep. Um, but that the delay on Discord is definitely better than on Skype, though. Um, sometimes it's longer, but the auto, audio quality stays up. Yeah, Discord surprisingly doesn't have as bad of audio compression that uh, Skype does. And I'm glad that uh, Rusty had noticed that a lot of the streamers were using Discord for guests, etc. And I wholeheartedly uh, endorse it at this point. It's made it really easy to record. I know that like TVGP has this whole like method of having another piece of recording software and they stitch it together when they do their stuff. And a lot of the other people we know do some weird stitching shit. Um, it, it gets kind of hinky sometimes uh, with that and it can be very difficult to edit. But ours literally is just being working. I'm recording Discord while we're recording my voice. We're just recording two inputs. Yep. So it's all done hardware side. Set of software side, which I am all about. But all that aside, the reason uh, one of the reasons Jason's all sweaty and nasty, and so am I, is uh, we've been leveling a pool for about two hours ish. But you got here at four, in between ish. breaks and eating, it's taken us till seven thirty to get the pool level with pavers, and then Lola being a brat. Um, yeah, but uh, let let's not under talk this though. Your pool was literally sinking on one side. So we were partly smart, partly jackasses, but all in all stayed safe using two um, uh, small car jacks. Not the winch car jacks, the ones that are hydraulic. Yep. To, uh, and two by fours to literally lift legs out of the ground and put full pavers underneath them um, so that the uh, weight is distributed and it stops sinking, hopefully. Yeah, Lola was being a brat. She was grabbing our tools and dragging them away. She was grabbing our two by fours and dragging them away. She's just, I think she's just bored. And then she was getting really mad at us. She was probably mad because I didn't play with her when I got here. We just got straight to work. Yeah. 
Yeah, she does this thing where she'll growl and nip at me, and then I bop her on the nose, and then she growls and nips at me again, and then I bop her on the nose, and she runs away. And then she comes back, and then she's all grumpy. Um, but she never, like, full-on bite bites me. She, It's like, I'm mad at you, and then I'm telling her I'm mad back, but I'm still the boss. So yeah, we have an understanding. But at least now your pull, I think, is within, like, an inch of level. In, in, it's, in most places, it's within half an inch or a quarter inch, though. Yeah, it, versus the two to three inch difference that you started with. Yeah, it sunk so bad, I think the back end was at four inches almost. Yeah. So it was in a place where I wasn't comfortable having people in it at all. Even myself, I was starting to think, this is getting kind of sketched. Like, I feel like at some point it's going to break and I'm just going to be swimming on air like drowning in the front lawn as water just dumps on me. Yeah, it, it was getting pretty sketch, but we got it up. We got it up with some redneck ingenuity. Yeah, yeah. So we're ready for our duo birthday party here in exactly a week. Um, so this will be the last episode till then. Yep. Um, I'll be 40 tomorrow, which that feels weird to actually say that. I'm not really anticipating it that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, 40 is just a number, sir. Don't think of it as half your life is gone. Just, But, you know, in reality, just, it's just, half of 80. Just think you have at least 50 good years left. 40 to 50. <laughs> 35, possibly. <laughs> Um, hey, as long as as long as you keep the weight down, man, that life expectancy just keeps going up. It's time to get a Corvette. <laughs> Full on midlife crisis. No, I feel like for you, the midlife crisis would be uh, instead of uh, sticking with the Quest Two, going like full on index with like three fucking lighthouses or some shit. I honestly don't need it. Um... So here's the thing, the Quest 2, I mean, now we're talking a little bit of technology, um, does pretty good on the link cable. Um, I don't have any issue with it, honestly. There's modifications that you can do. There's a lot of little tinkering bits that you can do with the debug tools, which is some things I was messing with. Can't get faster than than 500 megabits on your speed on the link cable versus what you can get with the index. But I can crank games up to maximum in VR in almost all cases. And, like, here's the thing. So you can super sample that in 8K. Yeah. 8K. Yep. And it has nearly as good a screen as the index, and it's so much cheaper like, here's the thing, guys. If you get an index, you're getting some really badass haptic controllers, and those things are cool as shit. But you're also spending $1,000. Yeah. A Quest on the cheap, on eBay, you can probably find a Quest 2 for 200 bucks, Maybe yep. even cheaper. Shit, uh, you can find it for 200 bucks on sale at a retailer. It, you know, the the... Very, very few times it's gone on sale. I think since it's released, it's gone on sale twice. For the PC gamer, it requires you to be a little bit of a hobbyist, which is nothing new for 
I think most PC gamers. Yep. So what I mean by hobbyist is here. I'll just go ahead and ah, I gotta get gotta get my spot here. Um, you gotta so there's the link cable, which is a USB C cable to a mm-hmm. USB three out, and it you can buy the official cable for ninety bucks, or there are plenty of Quest. Are Oculus Quest compatible link cables out there that have the speed rating for it that you can get on eBay for less than 30, which is what yeah. I did. Still works great. Um, there are yep. plenty of them. Um, yeah, I mean, the only step up from the cable that you got is is the official link cable or a, a USB 3 to C um, optical cable. That That's really it. Yeah, but it, it, you know, it's, it's still limited by the speed of that cable on the throughput. But there are games that I've played in 8K in VR. And what that is, is that's 4K per eye. Yeah. That's super sampled. Now, the actual resolution for that is a little bit, it's at 2K per eye, basically, for a total of 4K. But it's running, like, it, it can run up to 120 hertz if you can support it. But I will tell you, it takes a beast of a machine to run a game at 120 hertz at... 8k super sample like it takes a ridiculous amount of power to do that so typically i run between 75 and 90 hertz or you know which is essentially very close to fps on that um which means that it's not noticeable on the movement um when i'm doing things in vr um i don't have a lot of hiccups with it there are some there's a game i'll talk about in a little bit that i had to really play with that's not vr native um, that takes some fine-tuning to get to work right. But um, the Oculus Quest is a beast of a, uh accessory for your PC. But I'll tell you, you really do need about a 2070 to really run VR. Um, there are some like really low-end games that you can run in VR with something less than that, but I wouldn't. Um, like A lot of the VR games now support DLSS, which makes a huge difference in VR. Um, but yeah, the Oculus, man... Oculus is, is tits, man. I'm very satisfied with it. And it's funny you bring that up because um, I haven't actually done anything real interesting the last week aside from dick with this shit and get older. So um, I've been playing VR again. There was a VR sale, and I was like, you know what? I haven't played my Oculus in a while. I want to try some stuff out again, right? And just kind of get back in the swing of it. And... I ended up getting a mat for my VR rig. And what that does, it has me... Here's what was happening to me. Again, being old, right? Um, I think this happens to a lot of people, though. You stand on a hard surface. I've got fake wood flooring in my living room, right? Yeah. And a rug that's about a quarter inch thick that's over the top of that. You stand on that barefoot for a fair amount of time. Like, it starts to fuck with my lower back, honestly. And... It's not comfortable. So I was like, I wonder if this is just a VR thing or maybe my posture's all fucked up. And then I did a little bit of research and it was like, no, that's actually fairly common. A lot of people wear like good arch supports or something while they're playing VR. Um, but then I started looking into it and a lot of people were using like yoga mats and like doubling up yoga mats and using that for foot support. And then I found some official mats that are like a circle that roll out that you can put down that give you more cushion on the balls of your feet. And uh, 
it's a game changer. I do that, plus I put on socks. I can game in VR for like two or three hours before I'm like wore out. So, aside from the seated VR games, which I can play longer, but the uh, the quest, here's some things about the quest. The overall um, head strap sucks, right? It's like an elastic band, and it's cheap. And so, spend 20, 30 bucks, get a better strap. What are you doing, dog? She's a. She, she needs you. She's needy. She needs you, Jason. She's needy. She loves the way you smell. <laughs> you can hear it. She's like, please. You guys have been mean to me for for hours. I need a little bit of love here. All right. Um, but yeah. So this this mat. Um, I did spend a decent amount of money on. It. I spent about fifty bucks on this thing. I got a Amazon gift card from my grandpa for my 40th birthday. So I was like, I'm going to buy a mat. So I got a mat. But let's just like, if you're totaling it all out, right? Link cable that you can get off eBay, 30 bucks, right? Yep. Mat, 50 bucks. I think it's worth it. Yep. Head strap, 30 bucks. Okay. So we're at about 110 bucks on accessories. I wear glasses. So I bought these little things that go over the lenses that push keep your glasses from scratching the lenses. They cost me 10 bucks. Um, and then I got a different face cover for it. That was a lot more comfortable. That cost me about 20 bucks. So I spent about $130 in accessories for this thing. And I spent about $200 in the quest. Um, I bought some rechargeable double A's. Nice. So for 20 bucks. So out 350 on VR for everything. Yeah. That's not bad though. That's really not bad. And, I mean, the Quest 2, can you have some issues in some games with rear track, rear tracking because uh, uh, there's no lighthouses? Uh, you certainly can. There's not a lot of games, though, that But deal there's with that. not a lot of games that really deal with that. There's, there's a few kind of flicky shooters... That can get kind of tricky, but really for the most part. I haven't noticed it, man. I've been playing some stuff that's pretty high energy That's I've been using to help knock weight off me this last week because I was really pushing towards my goal and it's been raining and I couldn't go outside really. So I've been playing some high-intensity games in VR. And uh, the thing about the Quest, other things to know, right? So it has these little bitty fisheye cameras on on the front. Mm Mm-hmm. I use a microfiber cloth on my eyeglasses. So I wipe the lenses, but now that my lenses don't get that close to the lenses, it doesn't hit me as much now. And then I take it and just go around the outside of it on the fisheye cameras. And there's a game that I've been playing um, called Everslot that um, has you switch weapons by reaching behind your back and clicking the trigger. And that's how you select. And it tracks my hand every single time very well. Um, so there's no issue there. Um, I just noticed with, uh, with Beat Saber, if you're really wide, like my arm spans wider than yours, I noticed that's, well, yeah, you've probably got a six foot wingspan. Yeah. Um, guys, this man has a definite wingspan. (laughs) He's got a man span. Well, I've got a man span. Yeah. I mean, I've got 
gen- your very, wingspan is almost as tall as you are. Very generously, uh, um, it's like uh, an orangutan. Guys. He, to, can, he can he can scratch the bottom of his knees with his hands standing up. Close to four foot arms with, uh, and I'm very broad shouldered. So, yeah, it can get out there. But I mean, you can't beat the value. Um, There's and the me, quest two is definitely the. The cameras were a definite improvement over the first quest, just from looking at reviews and shit. They update it like crazy, too. Um, you can play the native quest games on there. You can play quest games on PC as well with the link cable. Um, and you can play Steam. Um, I've played Steam games. I've played games on Epic, and I've played games on Xbox Game Pass with it. Like, it's just... I played Elite Dangerous on it for a while. In fact, I've been the- looking for a shooter, a uh, space shooter, for a while. And uh, it gets House of the Rising Sun's the one that I like the best right now since Elite Dangerous is kind of dead. But I've got another one to talk about um, now that we're talking VR, because I played a shitload of VR this week. Um, so I decided yesterday um, after work to go ahead and finally play around a little bit with No Man's Sky in VR. And that was the one that required me to do some optimization. So, A, I because there's so much going on in that game, like, I have a I have a hard time hitting 70 FPS in 4K without it being in VR. Yeah. Um, so I lowered the max resolution down on VR down to um, 2KI, so I just didn't super sample it. And then I turned up all the pretties to, on my machine on a 3080, I turned it up to high with DLSS on balanced. It looks a little fuzzy, but it runs smooth, and that's the important thing in VR. Yeah. Um, is how smooth it runs. It's such a different game in VR. Holy shit. It controls really well. Um, so all I've done so far is you guys have all played No Man's Sky at this point, right? You go back, you find shit to build your ship back up, and you fly away to the next planet. So that's where I'm at. I flew away to the next planet. Um, and then I'm starting on the base building stuff, which to scale is really cool. Building a hut to scale in VR. It feels really stupid building your wood hut. Yeah. And uh, non-VR. In VR, it's really cool um, building that to scale. Like, the novelty of the VR stuff in No Man's Sky is pretty neat. Um, It is neat when you're, like, carving out holes. It is neat when you go cave exploring. It is really cool when you fly your ship. So this does something different than I've seen any game do in VR for controls. So you have your virtual throttle. And you have your virtual flight stick. And I thought this was going to be stupid at first. I've been playing this seated. And so you set your controller on your leg, which is what I did, which is about even with where your hands are. And then your throttle is on your other knee, right? And so you slide your hand up a little bit while clicking one of the, I think, the grip button. And that controls your speed. And then all of the directions, including the twist controls, the yaw, all of that stuff is on your other controller. Huh. And it works surprisingly well. Um, I was pulling some pretty crazy maneuvers with it. I was way better flying in VR than I ever was. I can also see to my left and my right a lot easier in VR and above me and below me, you know, well, not below me in that ship, but yeah, like I can flip it kind of on its side while I'm flying around. Um, and a little, in a very quick amount of time, I was flying pretty well in VR in No Man's Sky. Surprisingly well. Like it just, nice. it felt good. Um, which means that I'll probably play some No Man's Sky in VR because that was really fun. Um, 
it is really demanding on a system though for VR. Um, was watching like I readjusted my fan curvature and a lot of other stuff just to not hit those little hitches that it hits because it's not optimized for VR in the same way that other games are. It's running the game the way it looks in virtual reality, which is incredible. Like it looks very good, but it's the same as if you were running the game on two separate displays. So it's very graphically demanding on your system. It's super demanding. It's overworking the graphics card and the CPU to do it. Yeah. So you'd have to run it. Like if you're like on your 2080, like I would say you'd probably have to run it on medium settings, to be honest with you. Like it is just, it is sucking the juice down when I'm playing it in VR. Um, so it, but in VR though, the, the menus are really intuitive. The like switching to my rockets and my ship, I used my thumbstick on my uh, on my hand that was on the throttle to switch around. If you need to switch between your mining laser and your excavation laser, you use you've got a menu that pops up, a holographic menu that pops up on your right wrist, and you point at it and click the trigger, and then that switches it around. Huh. All the nice. all the menus are just on your wrist, and then you click one of the buttons. I want to say it's the X button to pull up the pause menu, so you can make adjustments. But yeah, I had to. DLSS made a very significant difference on the optimization for that, and then going in and readjusting the bit rate of the throughput to the Oculus, and readjusting the actual resolution on the Oculus through the dev kit that that comes with it was a mess for me to play that correctly. Um, that's not a game that's ever going to run at 120 hertz on high settings. Um, VR though, it does, you need to be above 70 hertz in VR for it not to give you, for you, you to not notice it. For you not get motion sickness. Yeah, because it, it it's really impactful. Um, but I didn't play a lot of that. I actually played a whole lot of Compound. So Compound is basically Wolfenstein VR roguelite. Like, kind of old school Wolfenstein. Nice. Um, in fact, if we have time on break, um, let you play a, play a level. It's pretty fun. It's, uh, I can't, I can't beat it yet, um, but I'm pretty good. So what it does is it's, I don't know what the story is. It's not really heavy on story. It's really focusing on gameplay and it's made by a single developer. But now I think it's on the Quest store. But basically, you have... It's not sprites in the same way that you have with like uh, Project Warlock or Duke Nukem or something like that. It's actual 3D modeled stuff, but done in a polygonal style. And it's very clean. Um, looks really smooth. And then it, it runs like a champ. So what you do is you go through each level. You kill all the guys. You get new weapons. And then you move forward. That's, that's the game. Nice. And it seems really simple. And it is. It's just it's really fun. And there's these mutators that you can get as that you unlock. And you get mutators. So the one I run a lot, I've been running the most, is called Old School. So you can hold two weapons in your right hand and two weapons in your left hand. But in order to reload, you need to have your left hand free or whatever your dominant hand is. So that means that I'm going to have to undo the weapon to rack my gun, to grab a spare magazine, to throw shotgun shells in my shotgun, etc. So... Old school mode lets you carry up to 16 weapons, and what you do is you click one of the buttons on your on your controller, and then it lets your 
hand go free, and then you just point at the weapon you want in a menu real quick, and then click the grab button, and then you grab that out of the menu. Um, which to me works really well. So that means you can hold a whole lot more weapons. There's these free guns that you get that are on the welcome wall guns. There's like a three shot, basically like a shotgun pistol. It's a regular, there's a burst pistol, I think. And then there's a regular, like basically like a nine millimeter. And it's very cartoony. Like the bullets are dressed like little round bullets that shoot out of it. And you know, the enemy bullets are kind of slow, um, but they're mutators to make them faster. Right. And the harder difficulties, it is faster. Um, headshots are Usually insta-kills, but not always. Um, some enemies have abilities. Like, there's usually this general dude that has a shield that walks around, and you got to, like, get explosives behind him or wear down a shield with a shitload of shots. But it, uh... Yeah, old-school mode lets you... Usually loads the level with, like, 25 enemies, which gets really frantic because the reloading mechanic is you... So, like, for instance, you got a double-barrel sh- double shotgun, basically, right? You click the A button, I think, it pops the it pops the breach open. You use your grab button with your left controller, reach down by where your belt is, and then that puts a shell magically in your hand, and then you load it in twice. And then oh, you can wow. flip your controller up to flip the breach up, or you can click A again and it'll flip the breach up. I like to Terminator style it <laughs> and flip it up and then one handed shoot that sucker. Um But yeah, I, I love the shotgun. And then it's got, like, an assault rifle. It's basically got an Uzi. Um, I think there's about 40 or 50 weapons. But, um, like, I got a fucking, like, sniper rifle I use, and it aims correctly, which is great. Nice. Um, Or a rocket launcher. The rocket launcher is great because you tilt the whole tube down, reach down and reach way up, and drop drop a uh, rocket-propelled grenade in the rocket launcher. And then you've got to, like, line up the holographic sight with your eye before you shoot. But I can, like, one-hand shoot that, too, and hit shit. But, like, it's smart enough that your hands, like, look like you're dual-gripping stuff if you use both hands to aim. Um, It's just, it works really well. Um, Nice. Compound is very good. Um, I did not buy it on sale. And I don't regret it at all. Like, Compound's really fun. It's the game I've played off and on all week. Even on, like, I had a couple of spots. I was working, like, 11 and 12-hour days, and I had a lunch. I didn't have, like, an extra meeting, so I'd eat lunch real quick. And then I'd play, see how far I could get in compound. Um, and what it does for the roguelike is you unlock weapons based on how many kills you get with certain weapons. It unlocks, like, the next tier. So it might be, like, kill 200 enemies with your assault rifle, and that gets you the extra tier of shit. But, uh, yeah, compound is great. I... I think it's a it's a hell of a VR game. Listening to this just reminds me of an article I saw a couple weeks ago of a dude who set up Doom to play Doom inside of Doom in VR. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Well... Everybody's so, in a rush to see what kind of things they can put Doom on, right? Like, it'll run on Nintendo Game Boy Watch at this point. Yeah. But, I mean, you can... Basically, it was... He had Doom set up as a virtual environment, and then in one room, one wall was just an entire screen with Doom playing on it. And he could play Doom on that screen inside the virtual environment. 
virtual reality is really cool. I think we're finally in a spot where there's enough stuff to play that's worth a damn. Um, like, yeah. I need to finish Alex. I haven't... I didn't mess back with Alex because I got in some new games. I'm going to go back to it. But if I was to say... Another game that I've touched, but I, I can't give a proper review on it. I don't know what the meat on this is like. But Everslot is intense. Um, so... You're like a dude kind of in kind of a dystopian hellscape kind of thing. I don't know why I got a bunch of like kind of scary games in VR, but whatever. I just, I keep doing this. You like torturing yourself? Yeah. But I've gotten over some of that. So like uh, Everslot's not, it's not finished. I've only put about an hour in it so far. But I was telling you. Like we were talking about, like, reaching behind your back. It has a really yeah. interesting system for switching weapons. So you can only carry two weapons at a time in your dominant hand. So you pick your left or right hand as your dominant hand, and that's your melee hand. And it's a one-handed weapon, right? So I've got maces, I've gotten swords or whatever. And you press, you look at a weapon that you want that's on the ground, because might pop in a chest, it might pop in a vase or, or whatever. But grab that weapon, and then if you want to switch weapons, you reach behind your back. And click the trigger, and it selects back and forth between which one you want. Then you grab it with the grip button, and then pull it forward. And then in your left hand, so like there's abilities that you're unlocking the whole time that you're playing this. Um, it's a medieval hell, like Doom in medieval times is what I would call it. So you've got enemies coming at you, um, both armed and unarmed. They look kind of like Doom demons or whatever, right? And... You know, the crypt places are where you'd think they'd be able like the neck or the head or whatever. Um, I haven't really tried stabbing because the angle's a little bit weird on the sword, and I think that's something they should address. But because um, it makes you tilt your hand down too far to stab, it, it uh, has your hand already at an angle. Yeah. Which makes you almost feel like you got to put your arm at a 90-degree angle to get to a stabbing motion, which feels weird. Um, so it's like they already wrote it. Anyways, well, I mean, I'm getting like... Think about- you think about a traditional fencing thrust, and your wrist is pretty. Yeah. But it, think about that if you're holding your sword like that. Yeah. In True. thrust position. Thrust position. Thrust position. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. Thrust position. I'm writing that down. Thrust position. We said it like five times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... But the thing I did like about it is you get a, a ranged weapon. So for me, it was like a musket attached to my arm. Yeah. That's powered by blood. Um, and I get blood from my enemies, right? Which I can use to heal me or use that gun. And so when I need to heal myself, I put I put my hand on my wrist, my left hand on my wrist, because my right hand's my dominant hand. The little needle pops out and then shoots into my wrist and then pumps some blood into me and then it fills up my life bar that's on my wrist, uh, which is pretty interesting. There's no blocking in this game. It's all about, like, just go balls to the wall. There's jumping, and apparently I'm going to get a grappling hook and, like, Spider-Man around in VR, which, if you're not good with full motion, this will probably make you throw up. I'm okay with full motion, but not everybody is. It took me a while to get into a place where VR doesn't... My body is able to distinguish... Yeah. I still get a little bit wheezy sometimes, though, if my character that I'm playing drops from a great height. Like, I can't help it. Um, I'm anticipating the landing. But fortunately, he does where jumps higher than about five feet off the ground, which is a feat in itself. But um, I suppose this is going to get worse. 
But it is really fun to like be fighting with melee and then turn around and then just blast somebody who's about to shoot an arrow right in the face with the shotgun thing and then just watch them disintegrate. It's kind of like graphically, it's about as good as Revenant or okay. Remnant, not Revenant, Remnant, Remnant. Yeah. But in VR, it's very clean. It's not, it's fairly high fidelity for VR. Like that was something I noticed right off the bat um, that it looked like a regular game I would be playing not in VR. Um, but yeah, it's basically Doom in VR in a roguelike way where you, which I like roguelikes in VR because there's a lot of VR games that are only like five or six hours long or less. Like Vader, the Vader game on Quest right now is like 45 minutes long and it's like 20 bucks. Yeah. So you get your money's worth out of out of Everslot. At least I, I hope so. The one game that really impressed the fuck out of me, um, besides Compound though, and this is the one I've been working out with, is called Pistol Whip. Pistol Whip started off kind of an arcade-style shooter where your character is moving on their own, um, but it's a rhythm-based shooter. And what I mean by that is you've got these little tiles on the ground that if you shoot when you walk over them, you get extra points. Um, You reload by pointing your gun down and pulling it back up. It's the most John Wick-ass pistol game that you will ever play. But it does require you to twist, it does require you to duck, it does require you to contort as you dodge bullets, because your character's going forward. So it's a rail shooter. But they've got like 50 chapters. They've got a shitload, and then they've got like this boss boss hunt version, they've got an arcade version, they've got two campaigns. It's a very beefy-ass shooter that they've got a shitload of content for. Because it takes so much out of you moving, you do have to move a lot. Um... I can't see playing this. I can never play it longer than about an hour before I'm like huffing and puffing because you've been like basically dancing for an hour. Yeah. Uh, while you're do- like, you're not like to dot. So it'll, a pillar will show up that's in your point of view. You have to lean around it. So you're leaning around back and forth. You'll see people shoot at you and the bullets kind of go bullet time slow. And you have to like dodge around these bullets that are coming at you. Cause you only have a few hit points. So you have to dodge all the bullets and there's even a level that I was playing on the campaign where I had no bullets and all I had to do, I had to pistol whip everything. So I had a, basically a revolver and everything that I could attack would be right in my face, basically. And I'd have to smack it over the head with the revolver butt Damn. or punch it, um, which made it really intense. Um, some of it's very John Wick style with like two handguns and you can play with two handguns. There's a lot of it, the single handgun. It is really cool that when you do both hands, it does the motion or on your screen, it looks like you're holding, cradling the gun with your free hand. Um, got a really unique art style to it where it's very, uh, very, I don't know, acid trip, I guess. It's a very uh, different art style, um, but it works really well, super clean. And it runs at an incredibly fast FPS. Like, I can't notice the edges on anything. Everything's running super smooth. Um, it's just intense. And the music's really good. Um, the music goes well with the game. It's just a workout every time you play it. Um, but Pistol Whip is excellent. Excellent. Um, so, yeah. That's basically what I've been... Oh, yeah. I, I did fire up Saints and Sinners and finally got past the intro to play the, the game proper. There's a lot of there's a lot to that game. That's like Fallout style long game. Hmm. Um, Saints and Sinners is a ridiculously long RPG for Walking Dead. It's the only good Walking Dead game besides the Telltale games. 
all the other Walking Dead games. I've heard there's another Walking Dead VR game that's atrocious. Um, and the Walking Dead game I came that came out on 360 is also trash. Um, Saints and Sinners is very much basically Saints and Sinners is a lot like Fallout in New Orleans, but in the Walking Dead setting. And I mean that by you're collecting items and salvaging those things for all of your stuff. You've got to eat. You've got to you've got to survive. You also got to find your own ammo. You got to craft your own weapons, etc. Yeah. So it really plays on a lot of like the Fallout tropes. So it's basically Fallout. Walking Dead Fallout Edition is what it feels like. It's a very good game. It is occasionally pretty intense. Um, you have to shake zombies off. And the melee feels a little bit floaty. I've got to figure it out a little bit better. But I'm finally in a spot where I feel comfortable playing that game. Um, and not flip freaking me the fuck out. Um, I love zombies. But like them being in my face um, <laughs> took some getting used to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had that issue with Resident Evil, too. Yeah. Well, the original Resident Evils, I've played a lot, but I don't I don't know why, but it just doesn't do anything for me anymore like it used to. Well, no, I mean when you tried it in VR. Oh, fuck Resident Evil 6 in VR. That's... <laughs> the nice thing with, with Walking Dead is I know that most of these enemies are not... Not... I'm able to kill them all. Yeah. Resident Evil, you're literally hiding and your character's hyperventilating in, inside the fucking wall. <laughs> I can't fucking do that. You're powerless. Like, that's part of it. It's like true survival horror. And you're powerless in this creepy-ass house with these fucking cannibals. Um, and a guy that's got the fucking T-virus that can't die. Like, I have a hard enough time playing that. Not VR. Playing that in VR is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um... Walking Dead is, is, I, is scary in parts because you've got, you go from like having two zombies to having like six or ten, and then yeah. it punishes you if you're late, so then you got a horde on you, and that means that you've got to climb up on something, and then try to distract them and then haul ass out of that spot. You can play it seated, but I feel there's a lot of interactions that want you to like bend down to grab stuff, and yeah. that feels weird seated. Also playing a seated... I don't know. Maybe I need to try it again, seated, and readjust my height so it feels a little bit more natural. But it does feel weird to be. It feels like you're sitting in a high chair. Yeah. Right. Or everybody is in a natural short. I never have that problem. What I mean is you're sitting down and your character's standing up. I know, but that's what I'm saying is most VR games. If I have a regular computer chair cranked all the way to the top, I can be fully seated with my feet fully planted on the floor and still be at stand-up level for most VR games because you make a really of good point. my height. I sit down really low in my chair. Yeah. This might not be so bad. I just crank my chair up way high. I mean, if, you're, if your chair is cranked all the way up and I sat down in it, I'm almost as tall as you sitting. We know you're taller, but... <laughs> So I don't have that problem. Um, but no, that's that's good to hear. I like like I've got I a like off. a good horror game in VR, to be honest. I, my only issue with 
I mean, Crystal and I love Resident Evil, and we didn't even finish 6, mostly because I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to, because 5 was a little bit more of a divergence from the, um, from the jump scares. There weren't near as many. It wasn't, it wasn't as much a survival horror um but the story was still good with six i think they cranked it back too far the other way and it's all to the point that it basically broke the gameplay now there are going to be a lot of people that hate me when i say that because there are a lot of people that love it yeah i was going to say trent's a bigger resident evil fan than i am and he really likes the last two games, like, to a ridiculous degree. He's beaten them six ways from Sunday. Um, but Crystal and I couldn't finish it just because it... Six, more so than any other Resident Evil game, kind of hamstrings you in places where you really only have one good way out. And if you do not... um. Uh, figure out that correct way out of the situation, you're not getting past it. <laughs> Wait, Resident Evil 6, are you talking about this one? Yeah. Oh, that most people don't like that one. Yeah. The, uh, I'm pretty sure. I gotta look up the series. I can't believe I'm just not. So there's the ones that everybody has liked a lot recently have been biohazard and village which are not are they not numbered uh, i don't think so no yeah village is technically 8 so i guess that's 7 and 8 yeah most people didn't like 6 a lot yeah um, now, Village, I've heard excellent stuff about. We've just not tried it because Six Blue Soup so bad. And we have a lot less time to play video games than, you know, we did back when Six came out and when she and I just played Five over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Six, not a lot of people were high on. I ended up. I just haven't played a lot of Resident Evil in a while. But, um, but yeah, I mean, guys, if you have the 300 bucks to get your hands on a Quest 2, that's like my next big uh, PC purchase aside from some hard drives. Um, I'd love to get that um, with a uh, with a really good extension set up to be able to set up in the living room. Um, I've seen some guys uh, that have used uh, uh, pa- powered uh, uh, converter Cat5 extension converters um, with it really well. You just got to be sure that it's on its own, own USB controller. Yeah. Um, and it works great. So, um, uh, so 
my total investment if I don't find a if I don't get a quest two on sale would be closer to four hundred bucks. But uh that and being able to keep my PC where it is right now, which is basically in my bedroom, back behind my massive ass sixty five inch TV <laughs> on top of a dresser, uh so that I could have a have a good desk set up for uh for podcasting. Um uh, so I just have to get it back out in the living room where I'd have enough foot space to actually VR. Um, but man, I'd love to have one. But that's my next big thing. Yeah, you could get a uh, Quest with no controllers for $129 right now. $150 with controllers on eBay right now. Yeah, but that's the first quest, right? Oculus Quest 2, 256 gigabyte, virtual oh. headset with controllers and charger, 15250. Nice. See another uh, one for 190 on use. But yeah, that's like You'd want my... to definitely switch out the face cover on a use Oculus. Yeah. But that's like my end of the year um, or tax time, like next big big thing game wise did you end up getting into anything this week i feel like a failure because i really didn't um we had uh so much going on with uh uh with our kids having uh having covid the week before uh the eldest the weekend we were, we last record, weekend before we last recorded, uh, came home from Girl Scout camp with COVID. Um, luckily, I have dodged the bullet. Like, much like Boris and Goldeneye, I am invincible. Um, <laughs> Until you're not. And have not, te- and have not tested positive or had any symptoms. Um, but so like all last week was um because the kids all kind of fell in succession with like four to five days in between um where they all went positive so um you know i'd go to work um and basically come home and just you know crystal and i've been using the opportunity to take care of care of stuff around the house because the kids can't really go anywhere for the most part they were sequestered to their rooms um so you know like we were taking care of yard work um you know after like eight o'clock and when i got home we're doing housework so just a lot catching up while the kids were down um and not really you know, getting into stuff over and over again. Cause our two youngest are still young enough that, you know, whenever they start playing around in the house, it, they can, it can look like an F5 tornado went through our house, you know? Right. Uh, it's just stuff everywhere. So, so we've just really been catching up. Um, uh, plus we're, trying to get the house ready for a uh um 
a uh, uh, energy evaluation on the house. Basically, our our power company here has a program where if you're within the um, if you're within certain uh, household income requirements, etc., they'll come do a free about eva- energy evaluation on your house. Um, do things like insulation, reseal, you know, helping you get a good reseal on windows, stuff like that. Um, they've even replaced windows in some houses. So, and that's all free. So, um, uh, so we're getting the house ready for that next month too, which amazingly happens on my birthday. Sounds fun. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna go and turn 37 and get my house looked at by some contractor. (laughs) Uh, So, unfortunately, I've not played a whole lot of game, despite the fact that I got my my Game Pass Ultimate renewed for another six months. Yeah, I'm not gonna really talk too much about it, but I've been playing a lot more Pathfinder... Wrath the Righteous and uh, Nightmare Reaper still, which are still both turning into very, very good games. Nightmare Reaper is like one of the best old school looking shooters with a lot of new skill feel. And I've talked about it ad nauseum before, but it's a really good game. Um, and Pathfinder Wrath the Righteous really feels like the first Dragon Age with a lot of extra pretty and a lot of extra features. And I'm still not regretting playing that in turn-based mode. But, uh, yeah, that's basically what I've been playing. A lot of VR. Probably talk a little bit more about VR next week, because I'm going to try not to do all the things this week and just focus on goofing off as much as I possibly can. So I've got a glasses appointment, and then I've got many things to cook on the grill this week. Yeah. So that's all I plan on doing. Cooking on the grill, sleeping late playing video games all day, catching up on some TV. Oh, and I watched Doctor Strange. Um, which yeah, finally. I'm not going to give spoilers, but I actually like that quite a bit. So, I mean, it, no, I think we can talk about it. I mean, it's been on Disney nah. Plus. It's well, been on Disney Plus for more than a month, and it's been, and it was out in theaters for three months before that. Fuck the spoilers. Spoiler alert if if you're one of the very few people who haven't actually watched it yet. It would have been me till last night. Huh? Say that would have been me till last night. Yeah, but you're traditionally a movie procrastinator. You generally don't watch a lot of TV and movies. So. It was better than Thor. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean. I really like I like the on, Scarlet Witch story quite a bit. I like the on great on gradients. It's not like leaps and bounds greater than Thor. It's just the story overall of the movie is better. Story is better. The there's a couple things special effects wise that were worse. Um, yeah, I noticed some of the special effect hinkiness, like in the. The opening scene, special effects on whatever that eyeball monster thing was, yeah, looked very much like a video game. It, that, and if you noticed in that same fight, 
uh, when Wong is saving himself from the fall and he goes through the sling portal and rolls and slams into a car, he just looks, it's just a CG ragdoll and you can tell it's a CG ragdoll. Like, I haven't rewatched it, but I remember um, the scene. But, like, overall, the story is consistent. Yeah. It has a good message. It's uh, Doctor Strange getting over his ego. I like the new character. Yeah. She was, they didn't make her, like, overly whiny millennial or, or Gen Z teenager. No, she wasn't annoying. And then the, uh, the villain was great, right? I really like Scarlet Witch, um, mostly for other reasons. When I was a child, uh, Scarlet Witch I had a lot of Scarlet Witch and Lady Death uh, posters as a kid for well, obvious reasons in the eighties and nineties. They basically wore nothing. Wore like string, string ass swimsuits for costumes. Probably uh, part of my issue with Goth Girls, right? Um, but, um. Anywho, <laughs> but I mean, but overall, like Scarlet Witch's story really... was like she had a real motivation. She couldn't see past it. It was a relatable motivation to a lot of moms, right? Yeah. Do anything for kids. Um, and I really like uh, what's her name Olson that's playing the Scarlet Witch. She's done Elizabeth her, Olsen. She's done yeah. an exceptional job of Scarlet Witch. Like she's she does a very good job, not just with the acting, but being a badass, but also being normal at the same time. mm Hmm. Um, she does. And her, her Russian or Scandinavian accent, whatever she's going for is not too over the top and annoying either, which is what you see happen with a lot of actors. Like that's a lot of my problem with black widow. If you watch that, oh, yeah. Several of the actors are way too over the top with their with their Russian accent. I haven't and seen it's... Black Widow, but honestly, I just I'm a pig. I, I like Black Widow's pants. So <laughs> I mean, that's every red blooded American male. Um, I mean, Scarlett Johansson makes that bodysuit look very good. Um, but but no, I just love the movie, and still, despite some of the little the little flubs in the special effects in this film. I don't feel like the special effects were really worse than the first film. And the first film was visual was very visually stunning. Like we hadn't really seen anything like that other than kind of inception. Well, the other thing is Cumberbatch besides being a very good actor to begin with, also really looks like Doctor Strange. Yes, he does. Like they didn't he didn't go over the top and like Chris Hemsworth his build like all the other actors did, right? Like he's he's fit, right? But he's still Cumberbatch wiry. Yeah. Like Doctor Strange was wiry, right? He wasn't yeah. punching people, he was using spells. Yep. And his hand gestures with the spells look cool. He does a really good job with the whole magician thing, like well, just his his uh, uh, for for lack of a better word choice here, his cockiness. Um, I guess you could say self assurance in his abilities, his uh, 
his overall mannerisms. And um, just everything was great. But with that, I think it's time for a break. All right, we'll be back. And we're back. It was a longer break. Jason had it to was. run to Lowe's. And then I had somebody trying to get in my house. That's why yeah. we quit pretty abruptly. Uh, somebody said they lost their phone, tracked it to my address, and was asking if they could come inside. And the short version of this story was no. Yeah, but the dude kept trying to insist. That's, uh, <laughs> it was just weird. We'll leave I didn't it have that. my total mean face on, but. I was pretty emphatic about not letting somebody come in my house. I was about to come bowing up. Like, well, if he I think, didn't stop pretty quick. Well, he got close to the door, and then I walked him back over to his car away from the door. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I could have done in, in my bare feet other than turn into a spider monkey, but um, <laughs> I could hold my own in a fight. It's been a very long time since I've I've had to do any kind of since I've chosen violence, but not today, sir. Not today. Not today. We're going to uh, talk our way out of this. Get the fuck off my lawn. <laughs> right. Um, we've got some interesting news. I want to talk about one thing real quick. Um, so Fat Shark is the developer of Vermidide 2 and Darktide. And uh, we're looking forward to a Darktide release at the end of September. Um, it got delayed. Um, they delayed it till uh, November 30th. Um, it's going to be on Game Pass, so look for that. It already looks really cool. Really looking forward to it. Everybody that's done a preview of the game has liked it a lot. Um, I guess they got to keep it in the oven a little bit longer. I mean... It's sad because I really wanted to play it, but almost to the point of was thinking about taking vacation, but I <laughs> guess not. Kill more rats. Oh, it's um, no rats. It's uh, the undead. Oh, or not nice. the undead. The uh, What do they call them in Warhammer? Oh, fuck. Um, Doesn't matter. Yeah, you would ask me. Basically, undead with weapons. Yeah. Well, in cheerier news, um, Valve uh, made a news release this week saying that uh, everyone who currently has a reservation for a Steam Deck will be fulfilled by the end of the year. Um, apparently, supply chain issues are are starting to clear up. They had started doubling production in June. Um, and so now they've, they've said everyone who, uh, who was previously in the Q4 to Christmas bucket or Q4 to New Year bucket is now firmly in the Q3 bucket. Um, and everyone else who currently had a reservation is in the Q4 bucket. Um, they did warn that new reservations um, could be put in the Q4 bucket as well, um, but that uh, you could see that bucket filling up very fast and, and those being Q1 23. So I just pulled up my reservation. I don't have the Ultra version. I have the one that's 529. 
Um, it says your expected order availability now is Q4, October through December. So about when I was expecting it, but that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, Having that confirmation is good, uh, especially since a lot of people out there uh, have been waiting the better part of eight months, nine months now um, for their email. Um, so, you know, gives people something to look forward to, which is good. And I mean, that unlike uh, issues that we've seen with Intel GPUs, um, uh, Steam's only problem was supply chain availability um, and being able to get the uh, get the required components in order to uh, build the Steam decks. That's been all of their delays um, as far as since Q3 last year. Um, speaking of and leading into that, um, there are now rumors, and I will say rumors, um, that Intel Arc could actually be dead. Before it even got off the ground. That was their graphics card line, right? Yeah, that's their discrete discrete GPU line. Um, According to to a leaker, um, there are internal... There's been internal communications, uh, basically, that there are issues at the silicon level with both... Alchemist and Battle Mage, which was the next planned generation uh, GPUs, um, and that with the massive delays, I mean, we're we're talking. This was supposed to be initially released in March. We're now in July, right? Um, but then also, apparently, the CEO of uh, of Intel is supposed to release a statement in the next couple days. Um, refuting those rumors so you know we'll see what happens like i said it's firmly a rumor um but you gotta think at this point with all of all of the delays that they're having if there are actually issues uh with the silicon design and it's not all just software in other words it's not all driver related issues um then i wouldn't put it past until the to just put an end to it. The GPU market, it would be nice to see them enter it and have another, and for them to be competitive, not necessarily with the high-end GPUs from NVIDIA and AMD, but if they were competitive in the mid-range, that's just great for gamers in general. If they can match or beat uh, 3060, 3070 with uh you know in price to performance then um that's all a good thing but if they're having issues with the silicon design uh there's not really much you can do with that so we'll we'll see you in the next coming in the next couple of weeks uh whether or not there are any big announcements about that i know they did a massive media blitz like a week and a half ago um, hitting a lot of the tech YouTube sites, hitting a lot of the tech publications, um, uh, outlining some, uh, 
trying to outline the fact that some of the issues with the the cards that were released in Japan um, were more driver related because they're new to the market versus and having issues with a lot of older games because, you know, the driver development's just not there yet. Um, but that modern titles were r- running well, but, you know, you were talking graphics at like 1080 instead of 4K. So, uh, I don't know. It's it's disappointing to see these roadblocks they've been running into. Um, that to say, I I wasn't holding my breath that much because, let's face it, Intel integrated graphics hasn't really been all that great in the CPUs. So, you know, I was, I was hoping for better. I'm still somewhat realistically optimistic, but they've actually got to get into the market. Um, and if they can't do that because of a silicon issue, then uh, Intel could focus their energies elsewhere, especially with their upcoming fab build out. I guess this remains uh, to be seen. Yep. I wanted to say one thing real quick. So there was Aspire Media was working on this is sourced from Bloomberg, um, but they were working on Knights of the Old Republic the remake, and essentially they hired or they fired um, one of the chief designers um, and the director very abruptly. And according to social media, from those people, it wasn't expected. But it was way behind schedule. So summarizing a very long article um, by Drayson Shire, I think he also works for IGN. Um, essentially, they were saying that the uh, Saber um, Saber Interactive was also working on the project as well, and they're outsourcing a lot. And they were originally slated to be done by 2023, but it had come up that they might not be finished until 2025, and so maybe that's why they got axed. Um, they also lose the rights to the game in 2023 or to the franchise name. So it could be that maybe Saber takes over that project altogether and finishes it out. But as far as Aspire Media is concerned, it's basically dead in the water at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's just... It's disappointing somewhat, but at the same time... We didn't really necessarily need a remake. I would have enjoyed one because I really love that game. And I'd like to see something that would run better on modern hardware, but it's not truly necessary. Um, In better game news... um, I guess I have all the bad news. (laughs) To... Two of the original Witcher 3 devs... uh, Jacob Ben and Marson, I think, Mikowski, um, have, we know they left CD Projekt Red um, a while ago. They've started a new studio called Dark Passenger, um, and they released some details about uh, the game they are working on. It is a, a new online multiplayer action game set in feudal Japan. Um, basically, it's 
the way they they describe it is um very much like a uh ghost of tsushima uh, with you know mmo rtss aspects to it as well um so it will be interesting to see as we as we see more details come out about the game but uh and there's a great uh great article on Eurogamer about it that uh definitely makes it look interesting. You're gonna be basically playing um ninja assassins and uh uh and running your mission. So it it could be it could be very good. You know, time will tell. We'll we'll see more about it uh going into the into the new year as they get as they get closer to release. I guess I'll give a little bit of good news. There was a Discord mishap from Capcom where one of the uh premier voices in Monster Hunter's um fandom was accidentally gifted Monster Hunter Paradise but couldn't accept the gift until December of 2022. So it's rumored based on this gaffe that they're going to have a, an addition, a new Monster Hunter game coming out probably or announced at least by the end of this year. Nice. So I'm still working my way through Sunbreak, but I've, I've been focused on VR. I'll, I'll yeah. get to it when I get to it, but I'm going to play it this year. I mean, more Monster Hunter is always good. It's a, it's a good pug-ass yeah. game. It is. Um, and then uh, this week it came out that the uh, the Meta had plans to purchase um, the developer behind uh, su- the VR game Supernatural, um, and reportedly the FTC is having some antitrust issues with them purchasing that developer concerning they considering they bought uh the Beat Saber developer back in 2019. Um so there are worries of uh of overlap there uh in regards to to fitness VR games. Uh so most VR games are inadvertently fitness VR games. I just want to throw that out, especially if you are a uh, out of shape gamers such as myself who is slowly working his way to be in shape all vr games for the most part are fitness games yeah uh just try playing ragnarok for an hour or pistol whip and you'll you'll be out of breath unless you're just a fucking elite right um and along with that coinciding news uh came out also this week that uh, Meta is increasing the base retail cost of the Quest 2 from $299 to $399. eBay, guys, get yourself a new faceplate and call it good. You don't have to buy it brand new. Yep. Um, in, other, in other news, uh, there's been more leaks regarding Square Enix's uh, Tactics Ogre remake. Um, I saw this, and... I- me and Dave were talking about it. So me and Dave, our DM, are huge Ogre Battle fans. Um, so it looks like this is essentially Tactics Ogre Reborn um, with quality of life features as far as, I guess, quicker pace battles. I don't know that it needs to have that, but whatever. 
Um, it was a really, really good PSP game. In fact, I still own it. Um, and it's very hard to find right now. But long story short, if you like tactics games, think Final Fantasy Tactics in a different setting with, uh, I feel like, more unique and fun classes, to be honest with you. I really like the class system in uh, Ogre Battle. Um, but it's basically Final Fantasy Tactics. If you like that, you'll like Ogre Battle. It's just as good. Oh, yeah. I know that's some might sound like blasphemy, but it literally is just as good, and it's the original. They were doing this type of tactic stuff before Final Fantasy Tactics was. Uh, no, I take that back. I think there there was another one that was released for Nintendo 64. They yeah. released about the same time as Tactics, and I don't know if you could get Tactics on N64 at the time. But no. prior to that, yeah, the, the other Ogre Battle game is a different type of Tactics game, but yep. they've been doing Tactics a long time. They have. Um, so the the current uh, uh, the current rumor has it releasing in November. Um, so keep a watch on the PlayStation Store uh, when it drops. I seriously recommend picking that up if if you've ever been a fan of the series or even uh, of Final Fantasy Tactics. It's It'll be worth it. Just from screenshots we've seen so far, etc., it'll be worth it. Um, wrapping up news, uh, there was a leak this week, a uh, leak rumor that said that Google was going to be shutting down Stadia by the end of August. I um, think uh, you found some a retort to that, right? I did. So... Um, Shortly after uh, this leak and rumor came out, of course, the Stadia subreddit like blew up, um, and so did uh, Stadia's Twitter account with people um, uh, wanting confirmation that it was actually shutting down. And the official uh, Stadia Twitter page actually replied, stating that Stadia is not shutting down. Rest assured, we're always working to bring more great games to the platform and Stadia Pro. Let us know if you have any other questions. Now, I do take this with a grain of salt. Yes, it is an official denial of the rumors. However, if we look back, um, there, uh, if we look back to the report on Kotaku earlier this year, that said uh, that Stadia Games and Entertainment Development Studio was being shut down. Um, their general manager, Phil Harrison, yeah, Phil Harrison, had sent and had actually refuted the rumor sent an email to its staff praising the great progress they were making on the games they were working on. And then a week later, the studio was officially shut down. Okay. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that this tweet is a guarantee that Stadia is not shutting down. Um, but it is at least an official, de official denial. I guess we'll, we'll, you know, find out in the in the next few weeks whether or not it actually uh, goes away, or even to that 
six months. They could be denying it now because it's not planned to happen until the end of the first quarter next year, you know? We don't know. Right. Um, but it is obvious that Stadia has been plagued by various different issues from uh, from hardware to platform, etc. since since its launch. Um, last bit of news and hopefully better news. Um, certain Affinity, uh, which is a developer full of ex Bungie devs that worked on Halo Infinite, Doom, and Call of Duty, uh, is working on a new FPS game in the Unreal 5 engine. It would be the first FPS confirmed to be developed in Unreal 5. Um, there's not really any details other than that. Um, so, you know, we'll see probably, uh, towards June next, May, June next year during the big, uh, uh, big showcase cycle, whether or not, uh, any more detail comes out about that, but it is exciting, even if it is a rumor to, uh, to see games uh, uh, starting to be developed in Unreal 5. I mean, Unreal 5, from what we've seen out of just the um, beta build and the initial build, um, things that they've been doing with it, like filming the entire Mandalorian series, right. uh, using it for background and everything, I it's just unreal where that engine's going to be able to take video games. Well, I look forward to it, but I know that they've got plenty of horsepower behind that for the Mandalorian. I assume it's not a gaming PC. Oh no, that, um, that whole set there, um, they basically have 100, um, PCs all running 3090s to drive that soundstage. But that soundstage is a complete LED um, panel, seamless panel soundstage that basically is three sides and a ceiling. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested, there is a huge, like, behind-the-scenes uh um thing on Disney Plus you can watch where they show show it off and it's it's pretty amazing what they were able to do with it. Yeah, I mean make it look like they're on set for something. Well, or just make it look like they were even on location. Yeah. Like without traveling. All the Tatooine shots look like they were over in the over in the Middle East like they were for <laughs> for the original Star Wars shoots. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. But I think that was about it for news. Am I about right? Yep. Well, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash TiltCast. Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. You got Cabbage KBG. You've got NoQuarters.net. You've got For the Love of Gaming. 
you have bmfcast.com and tvgp.tv. You can find all things JRPG there. And with that, it's the end of the show. Peace.